Hey everybody, welcome to the Vegan Sexy Cool Podcast. I'm Jackie Reed. One thing is for certain, the world will be a different place after the coronavirus COVID-19. But in the meantime, we gotta get through this the best way we can. For me, being at home doesn't really bother me as much as the fear that I could contract the virus. Um, I like being at home. I like being able to kind of work on projects and organize my life. I like having the extra time to do that. I don't have children, so I'm not managing that. Um, I have two dogs and a boyfriend and we make a good team um, as far as getting through something like this and you know, respecting space and, and spending quality time together. So it, it's good. So for me, being at home is not that big of a deal. It's the worry because of the respiratory issues that I have that I could contract the virus. And I have to be honest, you know, as someone who's a journalist and I like to stay informed, I have been watching the news a lot. And, um, you know, I usually watch it in the morning um, and I kind of, I, t I turn it off after a certain amount of time, go about my day. And then at night, I just, I will either, you know, Google around on different news websites and just see what the latest is, or I'll, you know, watch some, you know, a late night newscast just to see what's going on. And of course, I tune in um, to see what uh, the news conferences that Governor Cuomo has to give because he, I, I feel right now, is very um, forthcoming, you know, and honest with information and with, you know, just where we are. I feel like he just, you know, calls it like it is when it comes to this. But anyway, watching the news and uh, worrying about getting it really heightens the anxiety that I already have. So I like to focus on daily self-care and wellness. I actually wrote about this you know, like what I do to manage my anxiety at this time um, over on vegansexycool.com. So be sure to check this out, check that out rather. And while I hope all of you are social distancing, I also hope you are self-caring, whether you are home alone or home with your family um, or just you and your significant other, you know, because this is 24 seven and this can be stressful. So, not really going to take you in the kitchen this week, but I hope you guys are eating well. I hope that we are past. I, was, I saw on social media that a lot of people were just kind of eating snacks and just treating this kind of like a, a snow day, like a extended snow day. Uh, but no, I, I think we need to move past that and focus on our wellness and really try because that will affect our mentality. And of course, leaning into plant-based foods um, are really your best bet at this time. This is a really good time to, if you've been thinking about going vegan, especially based on what's available at the grocery store, a lot of meats are sold out, hard to come by. A lot of you want to save money. Meats are very expensive. A lot of people, and I talk about this before, think that eating vegan is expensive. It is not. Um, you know, get, get the produce that you need, find the canned goods that you need, if you eat tofu, you know, get that, make your own uh, tofu that's definitely healthier. But this is the time to take care of ourselves and ourselves. And so I hope that you guys are doing that and leaning into that. And my guest today, Dr. R.G. Allen, is going to talk a lot about that. Um, I love her so much because she really makes mental wellness 
relatable, just how to get through tough times like what we're all dealing with right now, whether you have, uh, you've contracted the virus, you know someone who's contracted the virus, you're afraid of contracting the virus, you're afraid of losing your job, you've lost your job. She is, you know, your, your household situation is driving you crazy. Um, she's going to talk us through it all. So I'm glad that she is our guest today. So let's get to it. Well, my guest today is one of my favorites in the game of mental wellness, Dr. R.G. Allen Wilson. She is a speaker, author, media expert, and relationship therapist, and coach. Her book, Courageous Conversations Connect, is out now. And you may have already seen Dr. R.G. on CNN, The Today Show, and so many other media outlets. I've interviewed her countless times, and I'm so happy to have her on the Vegan Sexy Cool podcast today. Hi, Dr. R.G. Hi, Jackie. It's good to be here. It's good to have you here, especially in these times. You know, I first have to ask, how are you doing right now with everything? Oh, that's nice. I am, I'm doing good. I was telling someone I feel so blessed. I feel so blessed because there are so many of these first responders out there, um, you know, in New York, the doctors, the nurses, the, the um, pharmacists, the grocery store clerks, the truckers, right? You know, those, they're out there, the bus drivers, and I get to work from home, do what I love to do and help people in this crisis. So I'm good. I'm yeah. really, really good. Um, and when I, when I think about getting a little bit of stress, I think like, listen, my stress is nothing compared to some of those folks out there and those persons who may have been impacted or affected by, by this virus directly. So I'm good. I understand. That's a whole other separate category. The folks that are on those front lines day to day, trying to save lives and putting their lives on the line, um, mm -hmm. every day for hours upon hours. It is, uh, it's a lot, but for the, for the rest of us, for someone like me particularly, I just want to start off by talking about managing anxiety related to this. Now, mm -hmm. I'm, a, I'm someone that already has anxiety, right? Mm -hmm. And so this situation, because I'm someone with respiratory issues, so for me, and, and for so many people out there, you know, no matter where they are on the anxiety scale, if they're concerned and having stress about all the information that's coming at us, right? And that fear of getting it. For me, it's heightened because I'm one of those people that could end up hospitalized and possibly die from this because of my respiratory issues. But there are a lot of people that just, you know, have a, a, a real fear about contracting this. And I have to manage for myself how much news I take in. I want to stay informed because mm -hmm. we have to know what's going on in our community. You know, curfews, grocery stores, special hours, you know, you need to know what's going on. But how do we manage that anxiety and balance it with reality? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. I mean, we know that most of us suffer from some level of anxiety. I mean, this is the world that we live in. We're all, we've all, until we had what I heard somebody say yesterday, a purposeful pause until we got that, that, that information, that memo to kind of stop us. We were all on this hamster wheel, you know, yeah. or on this merry-go-round. We're in this hustle and bustle. And so that, uh, the anxiety levels uh, for most people have been elevated along with our cortisol levels, right? And our adrenaline levels, because we're all kind of in this constant perpetual motion. 
Yeah. Um, and yet now we're realizing that there's this fear of the unknown and uncertainty and this worry and this will it happen to me or someone that I love and what will the outcome be? So all of that is a lot. It's a lot for any of us to manage. And then for those of us who are sandwiched between their parents who are older or their children who are younger and now thrust in the same household where we can't escape, um, that elevates our level of anxiety because most of us will sort of shape our life around uh, the things that we don't feel as comfortable with so that we can manage it. So what I mean by that is that oftentimes if we are having challenges with somebody in our house, we just work longer hours perhaps, or we try to sort of have a, a healthy distraction. But now we have to recalibrate the distractions that we used to have because those things may have been adaptive for the old norm, but they're not adaptive for the new norm. So all of that is requiring us to recalibrate, reflect on what we did, what we need to do, and how we need to do it differently. Yeah, and then, you know, you add in the financial piece of it for a lot of people, you know, whether, you know, even if you don't get the, the virus, you could be hit, you know, you're in, in the pocket. A lot of people are being furloughed, you know, outright laid off, um, you know, jobs are being dissolved. It's, it's a scary time economically for people, and that's all of us. That's everybody, because, you know, people say that you should have six months of you know, the, the money in the bank or, you know, just the plan for if something, a crisis should happen so that you can pay your bills. But listen, no one, no one of us, unless I don't know anybody 102, but if you were 102 and then you experienced the, the, the Spanish flu, then maybe you've experienced a pandemic. But for the rest of us who are under 102, we have <laughs> never experienced anything like this. And this is literally in three to four weeks turned most of our lives upside down, both physically, emotionally, mentally, for many of us spiritually, and absolutely financially. So the, then the question becomes, all right, if I'm not going to stay in the state of denial about what's happening, then that then means I have to move to a place of acceptance, which is really key because you know, you and I have talked about this like, there were a lot of people that were in denial and there's a lot of people that are still in denial. Yeah. And that absolutely can get us hurt or cause us to hurt someone else when we're not taking this seriously or we're just kind of minimizing it like it's going to blow over. We are in this for the long haul. It's a marathon, not a sprint. And we need to go on and begin the process of acceptance so that we can begin to recalibrate to be healthy so that we can grow through this, uh, get to the other side healthy and alive. Because everything else re is recoverable as long as we are still here and we're alive. That's the gold standard, to be here. Yes. Breathing yes. and to be alive. <laughs> that is the truth. So for me, when I'm dealing with stress and anxiety, you know, I do aromatherapy with candles, with oils, you know, that, that smell a certain way, that's soothing. Um, there's music, there are natural sounds like waves or rain that relax me. Um, I do herbal teas, you know, chamomile is one of my favorites um, at night to relax me. What are, I'm not, I'm trying to get into meditation, RG, but it's just hard for me to kind of wrap my head around that. I try to you know, spend some time outdoors every day without, 
you know, interacting with people, which can be challenging um, depending on where you live. But what are some ways to just manage day-to-day anxiety and stress related to this? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So one of the things I've been saying to people is that we don't even realize how shallow our breathing is because we're on the hustle and bustle. And so we're actually talking and while we're talking, we're breathing very shallow and we're not getting the oxygen to our brain, to our lungs and to our other major organs or what have you. So I'm telling people, start out with breath. Breath is life. Mm -hmm. If you have breath in your body, then it's bringing oxygen in and it's also bringing all the positive, wonderful things that we have to be grateful for and thankful for into our body, into our lungs, into our minds, and then we're breathing out the carbon dioxide and all the negative things. So start out with that. And then I'm saying to people, think about, and I I use these little acronyms or ways to help people remember. So it's the five M's. The first M is think about mindfulness. Mm -hmm. Mindfulness means to stay present in the moment because too many of us are so focused on this anticipatory grief, what's gonna happen? The fear of the unknown, How, what did I not do? And so we're either in the past or we're in the future and we're not in the present. So sort of putting yourself in a state of mindfulness can help you to sort of really come take it down, decompress, lower the anxiety, lower the expectation that you have to keep moving. And then the meditation, most people struggle with it, Jackie, I struggle with it myself. Mm. Uh, in the very beginning, because my husband and I, he actually had been practicing for years and introduced me to meditation and my mind would drift and I'd be on to the next thing. <laughs> I was like, oh, I, I can't do this. I got to do it. He's like, no, you have to set your intentions for the day. You know, start your day out with setting your intentions and creating the, um, the medita- guided meditation that puts you in a more serene place. And if you can't do it yourself, there's all kinds of apps like Inscape or Calm, the Calm app that really help you to kind of recenter yourself. So that's the second end. Then we go into movement. We got to move, right? Mm-hmm. Taking a walk, getting that fresh air, doing your jumping jacks, if you're quarantined in the house, running up and down the steps if you need to. Whatever you need to do to get those endorphins moving, get those chemicals, those good chemicals like oxytocin and serotonin and dopamine, get all that good stuff moving. Uh, in, in your body, because if you don't move, then atrophy sets in, and we stop moving, and we stop living. So that's the third M, and then meaningful engagement, whether, whether it's on a podcast, whether it's on Zoom, whether it's on a FaceTime with your friends, your buddies, um, whether it would be with the people in your own home, we've got to have meaningful engagement. Mm-hmm. And for the time like this, when we're asked to be separate, We're actually asking everyone to do their due diligence to be separate in order to be connected because um, social distancing does not mean social isolation. Mm. Doesn't. We're just saying physically apart so that we can continue to live, not harm ourselves or anyone else so that we can then move into being connected. And the delay part, we're delaying some gratification, absolutely. But the truth is that this is a temporary inconvenience for long-term gain. The long-term gain is our life. And so that is, I think, our life, that's a huge price to pay to go out and play right now. So we have to find ways to have that meaningful engagement. And with technology, we can do it more than ever before. And lastly, I would say what you were saying before, the music. 
-hmm. all kinds of music, mm -hmm. serene music, water music, where you're seeing, you're feeling the raindrops or, or maybe the ocean or the scent, the, you know, the scent. Sometimes people burn scents or candles and listen to music that is soothing or music that gets you moving. Like everybody was a hundred, what, a hundred thousand people on Be Nice on a Friday night. What? <laughs> That was the best. <laughs> I mean, did that not all make us feel connected? Yeah. We were literally stressed and over 100,000 people got on a platform, grooving in their house and connecting to music, yeah. which is healing. So we need to do these things. And the truth is this, this purposeful pause has got us to actually sit still for a moment, mm -hmm. really recalibrate start rejuvenating, start thinking about, quite frankly, how unfair we've been to ourselves, to our minds, bodies, and spirits, based on what we think, based on what we eat, based on what we do, based on the relationships that we are in that are unhealthy. It's really caused us to begin to think about, okay, time out. Now that I have time, what am I going to do? Mm -hmm. This will end eventually. There will be an end point. That is not, there's no doubt about that. The yeah. question is how do you grow through it and who will you be at the end of this pandemic? Yeah. How will, will you be better for it or bitter for it? Will yeah. it have taught you lessons about yourself and the other people that you live in the house with and what your idiosyncrasies are, right? What you like and what you don't like. And then how will we level up on the things that we can do something about? Because too often we are focusing on the wrong thing. We're focusing on what we can't control versus focusing on what we can control. Yeah. And that creates that anxiety as well. So I'm saying to people, let's figure out the controllables. Let's control the controllables. You can control your breathing because guess what? It is a blessing every single day when you get up and you're able to breathe. These people who are having this virus that they have been attacked, they can't breathe. And if you can, then we need to breathe for ourselves and breathe for every other person that's out there that can't breathe. Does yeah. that make sense? It really does. It really does. That, that really does make sense. I love that, Dr. RG. You talked about people that we live with. Let's talk about relationships because, you know, this is something that you focused on um, through most of your, your practice. Um, and relationships right now are being tested across the country, around the world. Um, <clears throat> for those of us who are not living alone um, and we're in, you know, now 24 seven with people that we love. <laughs> and how do and they we not like, we love them, but we don't always like them. Love them we don't always <laughs> like them. You know what I mean? You've got people bringing, um, parents into their homes to, to ride this out, you know, people living with significant others, people with kids. Um, how, it, you know, what's the way to manage it across the board? Is it a schedule? Is it, you know, time apart? Is it time to get intentional time together? Like, how do we manage these relationships? Because even the best of relationships are being tried right now. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so, so there are a couple things. One, I, I believe people don't plan to fail. They fail to plan. And so even it's not too late. I had started talking about this three weeks ago that when I knew that the tides were turning and that we, this, we were in this for the long haul, I started saying to people, start getting a plan. So there's three plans. I call them the POAs, plan of action. And it's the SSR. You have to have a safety care plan, right? What are the things that you need to do if you should get 
sick or somebody else in your home should get sick. It shouldn't be everybody coming to the rescue. Could you be one person? Do you have the necessary things in your house? Do you have the, the medication list if you should go to the hospital? Um, do you have your charger and your phone charged so that if the person goes to the hospital, you can't be there for them, that you can FaceTime them? What is your safety care plan to ride this storm out? And then what is your self-care plan? If you're in the house with people that you love and you like some parts of them, but not all parts of them, and frankly, you've figured out how to shape your life so you don't have to deal with the parts that you don't like because you get to go out to work. They get to go off to school and never before have we been thrusted in a situation where we have to deal with each other 24 seven, right? Mm -hmm. Then you need to figure out what is your self-care plan? How are you gonna take care of yourself? Are you going to set aside a space for yourself no matter how big your place is or small for you to get your work done? Are you going to do the necessary things to breathe or get your exercise in or even take time out to um, eat together, if you will. I work with families all the time and nobody eats together anymore, Jackie. You know, people don't have dinner time. They don't pray at dinner time. They don't get on their knees and tell their kids to say, like, it's interesting time where we've moved apart more than ever before. And we're actually these individuals that are very, very disconnected sometimes living under the same roof. Yeah. So now we're thrust into being together. We still have to create a structure. Children in particular, they need predictability, they need structure, they need consistency. Mm. And if they have those three things, then that creates safety and it creates security so that they can feel confident. So those are the, the key items that you need to process with them or really create for them in the midst of crises so that they're not tapping into your anxiety as an adult because we tap into each other's anxiety if we don't create this. So create the structure for yourself, yeah. create the structure for your kids, create the structure for your partner. So that's the self-care plan. And lastly, relational care plan. Relational care plan is separated into two parts, your friends, right? Or sometimes your friends become your family. So are you going to FaceTime your friends? Are you going to get together on a Friday night? I've seen a lot of Zoom cocktail parties and things yeah. like that. Then you want to tap into your friends or college kids that are coming home. They would just be right down the hall. Now they're disconnected and their friends are way across the country. So finding time to tap into those meaningful engagements with your friends. But also, what are you going to do with your family that you're living with? Are you going to have find time to eat? Are you going to do a game night on a Saturday night? Are you going to sit back and watch Netflix or just stay in your room? What's going to be the family plan that allows you the separate time, but also the family time? If you create these structures, just like you would if you would go outside of your home for eight to 10 hours a day, this is really not a vacation. This is a time for us to recalibrate and figure out how do we weather the storm and be better for it with a structure that quite frankly, after this, we might even continue into our lives because we're getting back to the basics, which is connecting with each other. Yeah. Great conversations. Yeah. You know, a lot of folks are using this time to catch up on their reading. And one book that I want to talk about is yours. <laughs> Let me get this right, because this is a long title, Dr. RG. So Courageous Conversations Connect, a pathway to reset your mindset with intentional thoughts from the inside out. Yes, you got right? it. You got it. So 
how is uh, this book is great for so many reasons why is it something right now that we should tap into what can we use from this book to get us through this well so interesting enough the book was written for it to be a year-long journey and you could start it in the in the beginning of the year you can start it anytime you want but there's 52 weeks of courageous conversations in this book and because I'm a therapist, I believe that we need to have these hard conversations that grow us deeper and more intimate, develop our more intimate relationships. The truth is we can't have level of intimacy with ourselves or with others without vulnerability. But the truth is most of us don't want to be vulnerable, Jackie, because if we've been hurt by someone in our life in the past or in our present or just life has beaten us down, we build up a shell, almost like a turtle. And you know, with a hard shell, and we're soft on the inside, and we pull in our little, our little feet in our head. You know, we 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 hide out, right? Mm -hmm. We put our mask on for the world, and we don't allow ourselves to be vulnerable. Certainly, don't trust enough to have these courageous conversations. But here's the problem with that, and this is what this book will help you uh, us to do. The problem is, if we lock ourselves in, then we lock everybody else out. Mm -hmm. And although, interestingly enough, we're talking about sort of quarantining and being locked in in our own houses for safety. That does not mean that we shouldn't be having these conversations with other people and with ourselves. And what's interesting is now that we have some, some time to think, a lot of people are really tapping into their pain. They're tapping into their injury. They're tapping into their disappointment and their frustration. And they're now having time to do the necessary work. So as a therapist, Part of the book is separated into three parts. Each week, I ask people to have a courageous conversation. Then I give them what I call a call to action because I'm, I give homework. As a therapist, I give homework. Every client that I have has to have homework because a lot of the, the healing occurs outside the therapy room. So I give them a call to action. Here are the things that you can do as a result of this courageous conversation that you've had with yourself or others. And then there's a part where you journal. And you can then journal with guided questions what that process has been like. So I'm asking people, if you want to speed along because you're now home, home as opposed to doing it um, once a week, because people are so busy and I figured you, you could have this process by which you can and, um, you know, be on this journey once a week with a different conversation. But if you want to do it in 52 days because we're kind of quarantined, then you can do it in that way. And another thing is that it's four chapters. So the first chapter is radical self-care and action. And the reason I wanted that was because I wanted people to really begin to think about how they show up in the world and what are the things that are blocking them from being all that they are designed to be and what is blocking them from, from a life full of abundance. And I'm not just talking about abundance of like money, that would be nice for many of us, but we are all at different socioeconomic levels, but there's some things that are free. Joy is free, mm. peace is free, serenity is free, happiness is free. There's a lot of stuff that we have abundance of that we're not even taking advantage of. Yeah. It's like somebody putting a nice plate of food in front of you and you say, no, thank you. So I'm asking people to embark on a journey first of radical self-care in action so that you take care of you first as opposed to giving all of your energy out to everybody else and then you have nothing left for yourself yeah. the second chapter is uh, the cost of love money sex and kids how to win in your relationship mm -hmm. why because 
quite frankly, those are the things that really jack us up the most. Not having enough money, not having enough sex or intimacy, right? It's yeah. not just the sex, it's the level of intimacy that allow us to have a deeper relationship with people. Mm-hmm. And then the children who are wonderful, but what we know is that even though people move down a path of maybe getting married and having kids, those are wonderful, precious things that we have in our lives, but they also create stressors. And the more stressors that we create in our lives, the more we move to not being the highest version of ourselves. So that's the second chapter. Third, it's how to have, be healthy in the midst of transition. I think that's for here and now, because we are in a transition. And so the book talks about when you're in the midst of a transition with job loss or illness or grief, or you know maybe even getting married and having kids, what do you do that helps you to still stay healthy? And then lastly, the last chapter is living your best life now. And it's really the things that I talked about. Every single entry there is about love, peace, joy, serenity, power, all the things that are free. And the last week is enough. Because when you've had enough and you feel like enough is enough, then we begin a journey of knowing that we are more than enough. So I think it's the best book for right now. I love that. It really does sound a, sound like a great way, a great resource to do just some inner work. And like you said, you can kind of speed up the process. If you're at home, you can go through it quicker instead of taking a year. You can mm-hmm. do it in a number of 50, you know, 52 weeks. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love each day. 50 days. Mm-hmm. A new one every day. Oh, I love mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, you know what, Jackie? We don't want to have these courageous conversations, even if it's to talk with our partners about things that we don't like um, it, or yeah. to evaluate the things that we either have done well or not done so well. We don't want to have the conversation sometimes about the fact that we may love a person in our home, but there's a lot of things that we don't like about them or that we don't like about how our relationship is progressing. And the problem with not having the conversation is that it can only go down. You know, it can can be off the cliff if you don't have the conversation. But if you have the conversation with the level of grace and mercy and kindness and care mm-hmm. and are able to speak for yourself from the i statement and say listen i'm going to own my part but i need for you to own your part and then we need to have some goodwill to figure out how we move from this not so healthy place to a place of health and wellness with regards to this relationship now the courageous conversation connects that's why i called it courageous conversations connect because the goal is ultimately for us to have Hire not only a higher version of ourselves, the best version of ourselves, but also to have the best version of the relationships that we are designed to have while we're here. Girl, this is like a super soul dog on Sunday. I am <laughs> <happy. laughs> just like <laughs> it's good. This I love good. it. I need me some chai tea. <laughs> Like Miss Oprah, that is great stuff. Well, RG, Dr. RG, I love to call you because you earned that girl. Dr. RG, thank you so much. This was great information. Um, I love the book. Again, it's Courageous Conversations Connect, and I'm sure it's available wherever books are sold, right? Amazon, everywhere. Yeah, Amazon. They're not, Amazon, they're, they're kind of boundaries. Some of what they're sending out, but they can get it at uh, drrgconnect.com. That's our website. Um, and that's D-R-A-R-D-A-R-D-R-A-R-G-I-E uh, connects.com. Okay. Uh, so people don't know that it's not the spelled out D-R, it's the D-R. 
so they can get it that way. And then also just um, to let your, your listeners know that therapy and coaching is a good, wonderful thing. And we are in a trying time. And sometimes we don't have all the people necessary to process with. So think about your healing journey and taking time out to consider perhaps therapy or coaching. There's a lot of therapists, not just me, that are doing this work in real time during this crisis online. They've relaxed a lot of the regulations so that people can get the tele mental health and physical health that they need. Uh, and they can also reach me at drrgconnects.com or contact us at connectionsmatterllc.com. All right, Dr. RG, as always, thank you. Good stuff. Thank you, Jackie. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. We could talk for hours. I know, <laughs> so good. I love it. <laughs> yeah, well, be safe, be safe. You too. All right. Okay, everybody, thank you for joining me for this edition of the Vegan Sexy Cool podcast. Um, I want to thank my guest, Dr. R.G. Allen, again. And um, I want to talk about, oh, let me say her last name, Dr. R.G. Allen Wilson. She's gotten married since, and I've known her for a long time. She was recently married. But the book, again, is Courageous Conversations Connect. So be sure to find that. It sounds like a great um, project to take on as far as uh, self-improvement while we're all you know, self-distancing and staying at home. All right, everybody, until next time, I'm wishing you wellness.